Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. What do you think about when I say the word transformed? Better yet, take a deep breath and listen to it again. Transformed. What do you feel? What is the visceral experience of transformed? I imagine there's an embodied sense of knowing that quickens within. I didn't use the word transform or transformation. I intentionally used the past tense of the word as if something has already happened. Now let me pair it with another word, tomorrow, a transformed tomorrow. You may have heard Reverend Charles Gibbs read his poem with the same title on a recent show, A Transformed Tomorrow. The poem has moved me deeply and catalyzed an activation of sorts. I've been musing and meditating with this phrase and will begin an important new series of conversations in the months to come. How do we co-create a transformed tomorrow now? Or maybe for some, it's a transformed today. When I contemplate this reality, this potential, this truth, there's one person on the planet that I know I can trust to bring a depth of spiritual wisdom and enlightened insight to the exploration. My guest is committed to realizing a healed and transformed world through awakening to the great source of all life. I invite you to take a few deep breaths Open your heart and mind and settle into your essential wholeness as I introduce our guest. Jeff Vanderkloot is a quiet spiritual teacher, a way shower of enlightened enterprise, and a trusted advisor committed to co-creating a society filled with awakened people, communities, and organizations. Jeff is a co-founder of Enlightening Journeys and Expeditions and Sourcing the Way. And he's a member of the Evolutionary Leaders, the Global Compassion Council of Charter for Compassion International, and the Association for Spiritual Integrity. He serves on the board of directors for Alliance for the Earth, Garden of Light, and Source of Synergy Foundation. And I'm happy and honored to call him friend. Welcome back to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Julie. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Well, thank you, Jeff. Um, like I mentioned, there's no one on the planet I would rather have this conversation with. And as I've been kind of introducing this idea of a transformed tomorrow for an upcoming series, I immediately thought of you. You have a unique gift Guided by deep listening and a sensitivity to truth, you help people to navigate the complexity of these times and discover numinous possibilities. You say that right in your bio. 
So mm -hmm. I had to repeat it here. It's so amazing. So everywhere you are, there's this incredible field of loving presence. The first time I met you in person, I experienced that, Jeff. And so here you are. I don't know how many times you've been on my show, but many now. I'm happy to have you here. And you've heard me talk recently about a transformed tomorrow. So I'd like to start within that field of loving presence that you create, that you emanate, that you be, and ask you to unleash your gifts and muse into this energy with me and the essence of a transformed tomorrow. So let's begin with that. What is a transformed tomorrow mean to you? What a great question. And I do resonate also with the transformed today. Yeah. Because the transformed tomorrow is actually here now. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is something that uh, William Gibson said. He said, the future is already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. Hmm. So the transformed world is here now. And there are actually many people who are experiencing it by embodying it. And for the last year, I have been in an inquiry with about 75 people regarding how we embody the transformed world. Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. And about a year ago, the phrase embodying the transformed world came with such vigor because we can bring it all the way through into our physicality and into the ways that we live and are with one another moment to moment. So what does it look like? What does it feel like? Well, first of all, there's no fear. And we can be embodying the transformed world even as fear is departing. So we can be embodying the transformed world even now, wherever we are, however we are, however healed we may be. So we can acknowledge that we're all works in progress. That's part of embodiment. The transformation actually doesn't end. If we wait until some theoretical end point, we would wait a long wait because life is now. And the wholeness and the fullness of life is now. So coming back to fearlessness, it's important to trust that life is fundamentally good, fundamentally on our side, because, and this is a non-dual realization, we are life. Life is us. And when we drop down into the source of life, we realize that the entirety of manifestation, all of creation, springs forth from our profound spiritual heart. And so we, uh, we have an intimacy with all that is. And as we trust life and we trust existence to deliver goodness and joy and beauty, that's exactly what it does. Because in that trust, we're instructing life from profound levels of being that we are probably still unfamiliar with. And yet, these profound levels of being are us as well. And that's the joy of embodying the transformed world, waking up to the fact that you're it, and actually you're all of it, and you're perfect, and it being life, and the world is perfect. And at the same time, in the human experience, we don't understand how that could be true. We don't understand how it all works yet. 
the mechanics of spirit. And there's plenty of evidence to suggest that the world is not healed, that the world is not yet transformed. So we don't deny any of that, but we pay attention to the signals. We listen for the still small voice that says, yes, I am here. Spirit is here. Love is here. Healing is happening now. And the more we pay attention to these signals, the more we hear them, the louder they become, the more the future, which is here now, distributes around the world because we're energizing it. So our job is to pay attention to the future that is here now and to energize it with our awareness and our trust and thereby to increase it and spread it. And when it is spread out upon the earth far and wide, then it will be quite normal for people to exist in a state where we don't fear one another and we don't fight and we don't despoil nature. It just won't occur to us to engage in these ways. So humanity is evolving. We are collectively growing up. We are outgrowing so much, so quickly, and there are growing pains. And we can trust that the process has its wisdom and the transformed world, the transformed tomorrow is on its way right now. Mm. Thank you, Jeff. Our job is to pay attention to the future that is here now. Brilliant. Um, every, everything that you said is such resonating with me here. And there's a sentence from one of your blogs that I think kind of ties into this and is is really foundational for this conversation and this exploration today that we're having. Um, actually, I, I think it's an essential concept in the transformation process. You wrote, the resolution of every challenge lies in our ability to remember who and what we really are and to nurture this knowing while engaging in everyday life. So here we go, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you right back into that query. Who and what are we really? Source. The source. God, if you will. And that statement has been a challenge over millennia and many have been killed for asserting the divine within and asserting that all is divine and could only ever be divine. And yet those ways of denying our true nature are quickly receding in the rearview mirror. So I wouldn't wish to prescribe what that looks like because the divine looks so many ways, absolute diversity. In fact, all of the faces of the divine taken together are the face of the divine. And so we can be ourselves authentically in curiosity because each moment will be different because the divine that we are is unlimited, is infinite, is absolutely free to express. And with an awareness of what we are, these expressions then become mm, unfraught is the word that comes to mind, uh, graceful and absolutely joyous. Thank you, Jeff, and thank you for your boldness in going there. You're right. Um, it, it is, it is a concept that that 
many struggle with and it brings us back into that fear that you talked about before and and that fear and that sense of separation that's really fueled so much of the dis-ease and and um destruction on the planet over the years you also mentioned in that first question um that we're growing up and one of the evolutionary trends of all species on the earth for the past 13.8 billion years has been this shift this shift from um, an adolescent stage of overconsumption and competition and this idea of of separate selves right to this early adulthood where they create cooperative communities that care for all life and i know you trust this as i do that humanity is entering a phase of prioritizing the sacred work of caring for the world caring for earth and all her inhabitants can you say more about this phase this leap of where we're going the shift Happily. Well, it has been said that we come to truth by way of untruth. We come to wisdom by way of non-wisdom. We come to honoring the natural world after we've discovered that it doesn't work to be otherwise. And so we've had many experiences, especially in the last few hundred years since the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, where turning nature into... Mm, various outputs that are not um, fundamentally about loving one another and loving the land, loving the earth that sustains us. Well, that just doesn't work. So maybe not everyone has awoken to the sacredness of all of life and nature and the absolute need to protect the life of the planet that we live on, in, and that we are. We are Mother Earth, again, in, in the oneness of life. And so uh, the work continues, but many people have uh, awoken in this way. And Paul Hawken wrote some years ago, there are two million organizations or thereabouts on the planet that are working for the benefit of life and increasingly working uh, together co-creating actual solutions. And it has also been said that there are as many solutions as we need, maybe three times the number of solutions and technologies that we need to address climate change, for instance. And what's really needed is the will to use what we already have and not to wait for someone else to address these challenges, but for each of us in our own ways, in our own scopes, in our own lives to take the steps that we can and, and many, many are. There is great concern that we might not be changing or waking up fast enough. We might not be becoming adults uh, or be becoming adults fast enough. But uh, I feel in my heart of hearts that we are right on time. And the urgency of these times, which we feel, it's very clear, uh, is part of what is stimulating the awakening. So we don't really get to relax in this process. Uh, because uh, growth can be uncomfortable, and we do need to respond to the um, oh, the various, uh, you could say, karma that we've created through our unconsciousness. But, uh, but we are doing that, and we are learning what works. And 
many and maybe all indigenous peoples have known how to be in right relationship with the planet. Uh, and so in some ways we're remembering what as a species we have already known. And having known it already, we can remember it quickly because we never fully forgot. Mm. Jeff, this brings me back as I'm listening deeply to you. It brings me back to the, the question of who and what are we really? And I just want to bring this full circle here and give you an opportunity to respond to the sacred and the oneness of all life in that um, our ability to see ourselves as divine and sacred uh, is also contingent upon our ability to see all life as divine and sacred. Could you speak to that oneness? Uh, um, in from your perspective, are we one planetary body? Are we like how do you hold the sacredness and the divinity in all life? Well, it can be held many ways, all of which are true. Well, many true ways, all of which are true. And, and maybe there are ways that aren't true. For instance, uh, believing that we're separate from life, that we're separate from the divine, that we're separate from ourselves, our true selves. Uh, so that doesn't work, as we've already discussed. Um, and it's it's not true. It's not a true belief, um, but eventually we we get it, and and we start to explore different ways of relating to life and to the planet. And one way is to uh, to regard all of life as sacred, uh, but not maybe necessarily feel yet that we are one with it. That's okay. Um, I would say that a bit further on the the path of realizing the sacredness and the oneness of life, we recognize that, wow, actually, everything that I see is me, not egoically, not the personality, Jeff. I'm not looking at uh, a dolphin and saying, oh, you're Jeff, although that would be interesting. But, uh, but there's a deep knowing of uh, kinship and uh, a kind of resonance from heart to heart. I can feel, and not only with um, mammals, but I can feel that resonance with trees. And if I want to, I can look at a tree and and, and have a sense, an immediate sense of what it's like to be the tree. Now, I can't say objectively, um, I can't prove it um, using some you know, math or uh, measuring instruments, but I have this strong felt sense that comes so immediately and spontaneously that I know I'm not making it up. So that's a valid way of knowing and maybe subjective. But actually, when we get deep into our true nature, subjectivity becomes increasingly important. So I, I would invite anyone to, uh, to experiment with, uh, with this oneness and see what happens when you make a heart-to-heart -heart connection with an animal or connect with the essence of uh, a plant or another living being or a rock which is alive. Because in the oneness, all is alive. You don't have some things that are alive and some things that are not alive. The entire field is pulsating with life and some forms have legs and move around that way and some forms don't but uh, the life is absolutely pervasive and we can we can experiment and we can play in this field of aliveness and learn more about ourselves and learn more ways of holding our connectivity with all living things mm -hmm. 
It reminds me of a friend, Jeff, when you were saying that and, and the playfulness of it, of allowing ourselves to play is, um, I had a friend about probably a decade ago now, um, we were we were in a meeting together and she had just been on a trip across the state of Nebraska and going up into the sand hills and she came um, across this prairie full of cattle and she was looking out at the cows and had this profound experience of of really wondering what if the cow is the most enlightened being on the planet and and that thought um, got all of us just really playing with this idea of of divinity and unity and and allowing ourselves to really think outside the box we've been in this stuckness of consciousness believing in separation and we've narcissistically put humanity at the top of this whole chain of life right like this and it really created so much separation for us so it was a, it was a fun thing to play with and it's still just like today I'm smiling because I remember that moment so clearly when everyone was like first into the silliness of the idea and then literally moving us deeper and deeper into a query of who are we and what are we really well, there was an enlightened cow in Ramana Maharshi's ashram uh, in the first part of uh, the 20th century named Lakshmi. And apparently she had this great wisdom and could resolve problems among the other animals. And um, she was buried with uh, the, the honors that are associated with an enlightened being. So I would say absolutely. And uh, perhaps chickens and other animals as well. Why? Why be limited? In fact, I've known some very wise dogs and cats in my time. Yeah. I think many of our listeners today would go, yeah, my dog, my cat. Like, yeah, like we can relate to those domesticated animals. But look at the wild animals on the planet. And, and you know, how can we we deny that? Well, another another trend here. So here's this, this one trend of really um, – prioritizing the sacred work of caring for our world, right? And then there's this other imperative, this emerging trend of deep healing and integration work that's going on right now. We're seeing this on both an individual and a collective level. What is your understanding about this healing phase that we're in? Well, I would speak to something that just came through in meditation a couple of weeks ago, which uh, I'm calling Five Truths of Abiding. And one of these truths is the truth of resolution, that all things and all beings tend toward resolution, healing, and awakening to the supreme reality. That is the arrow of evolution. And so we will heal. The question is how quickly and whether we're resisting the process and the extent to which we're resisting the healing and attempting to stay in separation out of fear and a deep-seated belief in unworthiness is the extent to which we slow down the process of healing. So healing is, is a natural process that will happen if we don't resist it. 
and our bodies know how to heal. Sometimes we need help from the medical uh, profession, for instance, and um, all of it, though, is life. So we say yes to life and we say yes to the many forms that healing can take. So rather than saying, well, I'll only allow this kind of medicine or that kind of medicine, again, life is not limited. So say yes to all of it and the healing will be rapid. Now, we have ideas of healing that it should take the form of uh, the physical body being restored to a previous state of well-being. Um, but there's also spiritual healing. I've known people who who passed away from a terminal disease, but um, said that they were healed on a more fundamental level. Uh, by the time that they were ready to depart from this plane, uh, they had already been healed, uh, but healed not necessarily in the form of the body uh, healing from the disease. So it's good not to attach too much to what the healing looks like and to say yes to the fundamental healing, which then will often express as a healing of the physical body. But, uh, but let's not place too many requirements on this healing. And let's see what is possible when we allow and become absolutely open to the healing of the species and the healing of all life on Earth. And to do that, also, um, if we can listen for the encouragements from life as to what we can do as part of that process. Uh, and then we'll find when we're fully in support of life and the collective healing process that life is able to support our own individual journeys of healing. Mm. To me, this is a, a beautiful precursor to what's to come. And when you're talking about that transformed today, the transformed tomorrow where there's no fear, I hear your words of healing and go, oh yeah, healing means to make whole again. And, and we're moving back into this place of wholeness or or even into a new level of wholeness, which um, there's a little distinction there. Maybe we could play with that in the second half of the show. We need to take a quick break. I'm Julie Kroll. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. We're here with Jeff Vanderkloot. When we return, we're going to muse deeper into this idea of a transformed tomorrow and how do we co-create it? We'll be right back. Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? Of course. I I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Wow, jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. It's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Huh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. 
Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. If a disaster struck right now, what would you and your family do first? Would you stay where you are or leave? What if you and your family were separated? Would your kids know what to do? How would you get in touch with them if your cell phone isn't working? Or the subways aren't running? Don't wait until a disaster strikes to figure it out. It's your responsibility to make a plan for you and your family ahead of time. To learn how, take our readiness challenge at nyc.gov slash readynewyork or call 311 for information. In this online tool, you'll be faced with real-life challenges, forcing you to make quick decisions at every turn to teach you the importance of being prepared for a disaster. Without a plan, it's like you're putting your family in a disaster. Visit nyc.gov slash readynewyork or call 311 for information. A public service announcement brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and perhaps listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests again. That's thedrjulieshow.com. And on the leading edge of personal, social, and global transformation, I invite you to be a way shower, a change agent, and make connections that inspire and accelerate our collective awakening and planetary healing. Stay connected with my newsletter where you'll find meaningful content, opportunities, and inspiration. I promise I don't send out, I don't even send out a weekly one anymore because I've been so in the moment and it's difficult to, to provide structure and, and goals when I'm in this place. So I promise um, once a month, once every other week, when, it ins- when I'm inspired, you're not going to get bombarded. But do stay connected every week. You can do that. By signing up at juliecrawlemail.com. Again, that's Julie, K R U L L, email.com. You'll get all the archive links of, of the shows that, that are um, happening. And you'll also sometimes get some inspiring content, meaningful new things that are on the horizon. So do sign up at juliecrawlemail.com. Today we're here with Jeff Vanderkloot, and there's many ways to work with Jeff. Check out his website at jeffvanderkloot.com. That's J-E-F-F-V-A-N-D-E-R-C-L-U-T-E. 
E.com. You'll be able to find that on the DrJulieShow.com website as well as the Empower Radio website and the show page. So go check out Jeff's work at JeffVanderkloot.com. Ah, we're back, Jeff, to the second half. And I want to I want to bring us, I want to kind of deepen into some of these new capacities that are emerging um, for us as humans and, and really how you are you are perfecting so many of them and learning constantly and writing about it. And I, I'm excited to to really talk about some of these new human capacities. But first I want to just take us back to your response of what is a transformed today? What is a transformed tomorrow or the transformed world that's here right now? And and you suggest we embody it. You wrote, or you said, the wholeness and the fullness of life is now embody the transformed world. And I'm wondering if you can share with the listeners out there what does that really mean to embody the transformed world (sighs) well we started by observing that fear gets in the way of embodying love so we work to reduce the fear in our system in various ways and we could have a whole show about how to do that and then we live life as a gift where we know that we actually are a gift that your being is a gift and we commit to showing up and offering our gifts bringing forth that which is within us another of my favorite quotes is when we bring forth what is within What we bring forth will save us. I'm paraphrasing one of the sayings in the Gospel of Thomas. And so don't hold back. We don't hold back in the transformed world. We don't hold back our love. We don't hold back our various capacities to serve one another and create joy in the world. So the transformed world is also an immensely creative place because we have immense creative capacities that are naturally expressed when we're not holding back. Mm. What would you say some of these other capacities are, Jeff? I know that you've been working on sourcing, and I, in fact, I'll just, I'm just going to throw this out because I thought of it when you were saying fear gets in the way of love and, and it can be this stumbling block for us. The other day, I, I heard so clearly to just start playing around with substituting the the essence and energy of flow for the word love like to literally just start sitting in the place of 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 fear and flow and and see how that feels of of substituting flow a lot of times we will say love is god and then we say god is source and we say all is love and there's the course of miracles that brings in love and i i was having a delightful time playing with substituting flow in there. And you've been 
um, working on sourcing and you're you're really good at what you call you know finding that resonance and sourcing maybe you can explain that to our listeners of how you work because you work with clients in this way but also speak of some of these developing capacities maybe you want to talk about flow first but what are some of the other capacities we're we're playing with right now Hmm. very good well it's very skillful to use the word flow and it has novelty it might be a bit easy or habitual to say love and think it means something and therefore not really pay full attention to possibilities that love offers yeah i sort of have been there done that and yet we haven't love is infinite and overflowing and uh, there's always more therefore so when we say flow it opens up a sense of curiosity in me. Oh, what does it mean? What does it feel like to flow with life, to let our mm, our true nature flow, to let our gifts flow, to let our money flow even, because it's all one flow, and not hold back. Uh, to be generous, in other words, to be fully generous in life with ourselves and with one another. So I can say that one of the first mm, insights that I had when I started to source a decade or more ago was that life became a flow, it became, became an experience of things working out gracefully and one thing leading to another without so much friction. So now let me say what I mean by sourcing. Sourcing is a kind of deep listening at the root of being an inquiry into what is really true in the moment. And it can take the form of asking for guidance, very practical guidance in making decisions. Is this option more aligned or is that option a better way to go? And that is precisely where I began my journey with sourcing. And I had this felt sense in my body of a yes and a no. uh, And the yes took the form of a kind of rising, warm, tingling energy in my spine, and the no took the form of a pressure in my left temple. And each and every one of us is wired uniquely, so um, these yeses and nos will show up in different ways, and sometimes they'll show up in the same ways. But by and large, uh, it's a journey to discover how we are connected to this source and able to receive the signals from the source that ultimately we are. So we can't lose, we will find our way. And when I found my way uh, and I began to practice sourcing, this deep listening for how life is moving, how life is flowing and committed with quite a discipline actually to flow with life. Whenever I discerned that life was going one way, I went that way. So it isn't really a surprise then that I experienced life as a flow. And not only did it have this felt sense of ease and grace, but um, in my, my business and in my work, things started to work better. Uh, I found clients, clients found me who are perfect match. And uh, so life has a, a habit, you could say, or a tendency even better to bring people together uh, who can do great work together. Uh, And when we're in the flow state, that happens quite naturally. Other capacities 
that come online when we are embodying the transformed world. We're taking steps in that direction. And I would say if we're taking steps to embodying the transformed world, we are already embodying the transformed world because our willingness to flow in that direction means we're aligned with powerful forces and these forces will lift us and will continue to lift us. So as I said much earlier in this conversation, the process is ongoing. All we need to do is say yes to the direction of life and let it carry us and contribute our gifts. And so as we contribute our gifts, we get more of them. And for some people, the gifts take the form of profound, intuitive knowing and awareness. And so I have many friends who see uh, see the future even in dreams and, and what they see comes true in detail. I have friends who are clairvoyant in other ways, friends who who hear the voices of organizations and actually do consulting work with companies uh, and and help the leaders of these companies to to know what it is that the company needs at a transpersonal level. In other words, there is this layer of being, this layer of collective presence that is more than the sum of the individual humans who come together. And so there is a destiny for a business. And uh, my friend has this knack for knowing and, um, and bringing forth uh, clarity around the destiny. So imagine you have a large organization, good for the whole, for instance. You can ask good for the whole what it needs, and it will tell you. And now you have a co-creative partnership with your own business or your own nonprofit organization. Other gifts include healing. I know profound healers. And it seems like there's a... a, a I'd say a trend towards healing with less and less effort. And a new friend has what she calls pure presence, craniosacral, where she has this exquisite presence that she brings to the, um, the session. And she does her work remotely. And it is extremely powerful. It is, it is the presence that is doing the work. I've even heard of... Um, Oh, gosh, I guess you would call it a model for understanding healing in which there are 10 levels. And a level 10 healer is one who actually does nothing. But in the presence of a level 10 healer, you heal yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, quite an elevated example of a healing gift that is available to us now and in the transformed world will become increasingly common. You won't go to a healer for them to heal you. You will go to someone who has activated this presence and you will heal yourself i love it thank you jeff i love see you're you're giving us evidence of this transformed world that exists right here right now and there's a plethora of evidence of this transformed world today and and there's peace and harmony and grace and ease and love and flow and all these the healing all these pieces that you're bringing forward exists right here right now and yet so i want to i want to bring this in in the midst of all of this if there are those who are tuned into social media and corporate news and not awake and aware of this peace that already exists this transformed world the transformed today that already exists it's a complex 
issue of consciousness here, right? Like there's this, both exist here and, and you kind of alluded to it earlier. So I want to say there are those that argue with me. <laughs> there are those. I just had this um, last week of someone citing statistics of levels of consciousness saying, you know, we're never going to get there. We're, we're, we're doomed. We're just... So this transformed world is existing in the here and now. Can you address this idea that as, as this peace, love, harmony, flow, transformed world exists in this moment, there's also this other reality that people are tuning into how do we negotiate this path right now? How do those who are awake and aware, living and embodying the transformed world, perhaps relate and live and inspire and, and assist those who are saying, are you kidding me? You're crazy. Like, turn on the news. Look what's happening here. Look what's happening there. How do, how do we negotiate that, Jeff? Yes. Well, in a sense, there are multiple realities that are coexisting. And the transformed and healed and awakened world is a reality. It is real. And it's emerging. The signal strength is increasing. Mm, I like that. But it's not the only reality that we can experience. In some ways, Earth is very generous, like the Earth system in providing possibilities for us to experience and choose from multiple possible realities. Earth is a profound teacher, which would merit another conversation, another whole conversation. So on this sacred planet, we can also experience the reality of, of suffering and lack and conflict and all that comes from the belief in separation. And in fact, that reality is present in the news much more than the emerging reality that uh, is inevitable and yet not fully expressed as of right now. So then it becomes a bit of a choice. Which do we believe? We can't deny one or the other because they're both present. And people who are attached to suffering and lack for all kinds of deep reasons uh, we'll find confirming evidence. That's a, a psychological phenomenon. We look for confirming evidence, and, and that provides a sense of security. But the reality of suffering lack is decreasing in signal strength. So it, it is declining as the reality of truth is ascending. And at some point, it becomes more and more apparent to the point where the majority of people realize that uh, there's another way, another way that would bring far greater joy and far greater security, frankly. So we're not at that point yet on the timeline. That point will come. And I find that it's important not to make people wrong because people believe, we believe what we believe for all kinds of reasons, using all kinds of evidence that we've accumulated during our lifetimes. And rather than arguing, I find that it helps to look for what is true, because there is always truth in the signal. 
even if there's a lot of noise, there's truth somewhere. And we can find common ground around what's true if we connect in a heartfelt way and if we form connections of affinity and prioritize love over fear. And so there are choices to be made, but each of us can choose to step back from name calling and the various behaviors of polarization and see in a more whole way that honors everyone where we are. And we're on a journey. We're on a journey from the self-isolation that is the, uh, the manifestation of our belief in being alone in the universe because we're disconnected from the source. Uh, we're journeying from that to uh, what we've been talking about this whole time. And I would like to actually bring in all of the five truths of abiding now because they speak to this journey. And I see it really as an upgrade of spirituality. Spirituality 1.0 takes suffering as the point of departure. So we assume suffering and we give it the status of being real, being true. So if we say the truth of suffering, we've, we've made it much more difficult to move on from suffering as our day-to-day experience. So I offer a bit of a flip, which is to say, let's start with the truth of absolute indivisibility. This Mm -hmm. says that all is inseparably one and that finitude is impossible. We can't be finite because we're not separate from the infinite. We're not separate from God. There may be appearances of finitude and that's the play of form, fair enough. But the truth is absolute indivisibility. And then the second truth is the truth of infinitization, which is the path beyond the delusory appearance of finitude, which results from the belief in separateness. And we begin to see on this path that everything is infinite. And there are examples where if we look closely enough because of the deep connections, no one thing is just one thing. Everything is connected and connected beyond our ability to count. In fact, all is infinite. Then we come to the truth of joy So rather than the truth of suffering, and we're not avoiding the fact that suffering is being experienced in the world, but that's the declining reality, and we're hospicing the reality, in quotes, of suffering. But we're knowing the truth of joy, which is what arises from knowing our real nature. When we know our real nature, and we stop fighting it and fearing it and pretending it's not so, joy is the result. And then the truth of resolution, which I've already shared, that all things and all beings are tending toward resolution and healing and awakening to the supreme reality. Now, the fifth truth of abiding is the supreme truth of being absolutely foundational, which is to say you are it. You are the root of it. If you're a tree, you're the roots, you're the trunk, you're the branches, you're the leaves. And when we are resolved and no longer fighting what we are, it's obvious that what you are and what I am and what we are is fundamentally that which is most foundational. Everything springs from you and is you. And this is why when we see in clarity and truth, we love our creation. Mm. Thanks for sharing those, Jeff. 
I just feel like I need to pause and give our listeners spaciousness there. There's so much richness. And as you were talking about being the roots and the trunk and the branches and the leaves, and then I'm, I'm like going and the, the, the dead leaves falling off the tree and the compost and then the soil and then the mycelial network. And then I just was like really feeling that, I don't remember the word you used, but it's like that infinitude. I think where you were you were speaking of is like this. This is so important. The other thing is, I was listening to you, Jeff. That um, and we're coming on the close of the show. We only have a few more minutes here, but um, it's like it, it. There's this transcending our small mind. Um, that's an important role here as we're talking to those who who can experience and embody the transformed world now then we, we see this movement away from the small finite separate mind brain capacity that's that's literally logging history and analyzing data and, and keeping us stuck and then really moving out of that smaller container of beliefs and believing into this higher knowing, this embodied knowing, this sourced knowing. It's like stepping out of using our individual small minds now and coming into a greater sense of that flow. So that was really helpful to me and I hope to those listening and even those who may go, God, I'm not, I'm not really getting the vibe of what they're saying here, but I know something's true. Um, it, it gives us kind of a roadmap of those next best steps of what's mine to do, where am I on my journey, what can I explore? Um, you know what I'm saying there? Yes. Well, I would love to offer a transmission in the next two minutes or so, a piece that came to me on a flight just in the last few days. And you said transcending, which rhymes with the word pretending. And Mm. so to transcend, let us stop pretending. And this, it's almost a poem. The title is, God is that which you are when all artifice has subsided. Stop pretending that you are lost. Stop pretending that you are small. Stop pretending that you are a sentient being, all beings, or beingness itself. Stop pretending that you are consciousness, awareness, knowingness, or the absolute. Stop pretending that you are the creator, awake and abiding within your creation. Stop pretending that you are supreme oneness, supreme emptiness, or the supreme anything. Stop all pretending and know this, that which you are is God. Now true nature flowers in all directions. Now the boundless freedom of the only reality is known and experienced. Now everything demonstrates that God alone is which you are. See that your abode is the infinity of universes. It is obvious that love begins and ends with you. It is obvious that only great goodness exists. The first, final, and only avatar is come, the living source of all light 
and enlightenment is you. Mm, thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. This conversation was really delicious in so many ways. And I just want to leave you listeners, hope you're feeling the same, feeling that amazing frequency that's coming through this. Um, really take this in as an activation. Jeff said the wholeness and the fullness of life is now. Our job is to pay attention to the future that is here now. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Remember, together, we are creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now. <laughs>